Welcome to The Church Door, a place where I can post my Bible studies and sermons for your listening pleasure. I'm the Reverend Matthew Fenn, pastor of St. Peter's Evangelical Lutheran Church in Stratford, Ontario. Thanks for tuning us in. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. When was the last time you were lonely? Loneliness is a very real part of human experience. For some, this pandemic has done nothing but make their loneliness just that much worse. I'm sure many here would agree that at times going through this pandemic has been lonely. The internet can keep some of us connected to hundreds of people, but that doesn't mean we get to see their faces. We have to keep our distance from the people we do see to make sure we, don't, we avoid giving them the, the virus. No hugs, no handshakes. We've missed out on family events. We've missed out on spending time with friends. We've missed out on dining out on concerts, events. But most of all, we've missed out on relationships. It's almost certainly true that this epidemic has left many people with a feeling of deep loneliness. We can feel like there's no one there for us, that no one cares about us. No one would miss us if we were gone. We can even think that God himself is distant from us, that he has abandoned us. This kind of loneliness can be overwhelming. It can be devastating to the soul. But the texts for this fourth Sunday in Advent, they have something to say about loneliness. We find in our first reading, David, after he's finally risen to power, when Saul died, civil war had broken out between the house of Saul and David, Eventually, David was victorious, and he was crowned king over all Israel. And then he captures the city of Jerusalem and makes it his capital and brings the Ark of the Covenant there. And so as our first reading opens, we find the king living in his house and at rest from all his trials and tribulations. But in this fancy palace that David's built for himself, something's bugging him. What is that something that's bothering him? The house for the Ark of the Covenant is a simple tent that Moses had made. So David gets a thought. Is a tent really good enough for the Lord who's brought Israel through such turbulent times? No. God deserves a temple. A really big one. And so the new king with his fancy new palace has the grand idea of building a fancy temple for God. But God has other ideas. God, through the prophet Nathan, reminds David of who God is. He's omnipresent. He's not tied down to one place. He's not a genie in a bottle. Not so high and mighty that he would refuse to dwell in a tent Before King David rushes to make sure that 
God has a dwelling place in his capital city, God reminds David that no such thing is required. No such thing is required because God has always been with his people. God was the one who brought Israel out of Egypt. God was the one who led them through the desert. God was the one who gave them the promised land. God has been with Israel and dwelt among them every single step of the way, through good times and through bad times. And God reminded David that he is the one who took David from being a shepherd to make him king over his chosen people. God did that. It was the Lord who gave him victory over Goliath and who led him from victory to victory. It was God who prevented Saul or the Philistines or all of David's enemies from prevailing against him. It was God. Even when David was at his loneliness in the desert, God never abandoned him. He never left him. God protected him. He guided him. God goes wherever his people go. No matter what happens, he's with them. David was not alone. God has always dwelt with David and with Israel. God was at work in all of their turbulent times. He dwells, he lives, he abides with his people. Let's pause for a second and think about that. God was at work during the turbulent times of Israel's history. He never abandoned them. God was always at work in your life, too. He's never abandoned you. No matter how hard times have been, God has always been there for you. And as we journey through high trying times, God is always with us. We're not alone. God is not absent from this mess. God is committed to seeing us through to the other side, just like David. God is actively handling every circumstance that we encounter, preparing us for what's next, just like he's preparing David for what's coming next. And God tells him what's coming next. You will not build me a house, replied the Lord. I will build you a house. Notice what the Lord did. He made a pun on the word house. The house that God builds is not a house of stone with four walls. No, what God promised to do for David was to establish a double kingdom. The one would be an earthly kingdom ruled by David's house. The Lord picked David. He brought him to a position of prominence, and he, in order to establish a dynasty, a line of kings who would eventually rule forever. God doesn't need a home. God sees that Israel is the one, are the ones who need a home. They need protection. They need room to grow. And so through these Davidic kings, God ruled his people. And then eventually, through Solomon's temple, God dwelt among his people. But there's a second kingdom, an everlasting kingdom, an eternal kingdom, ruled by a member of David's family. God is repeating the promise, 
the covenant promise to David. The same one which he gave to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And that is in our text. Did you catch that promise that God made to David? Your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever. And your throne shall be established forever. That's the promise. That a king will rule forever. Consider our gospel reading. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. A virgin whose name was Mary. And in case we don't quite pick up what is going on here, the angel Gabriel makes the, this fulfillment of the promise to David clear to Mary. He says, you will bear a son. He will be great, and the Lord will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. God has not abandoned us. No, far from it. He became one of us, a human, with flesh and blood, just like us. The tabernacle, that tent, and then later Solomon's temple, the place where God lived. He dwelt among his people. God himself dwelt in the Holy of Holies, and he did so whenever that cloud came and overshadowed the temple. The presence of the Holy Spirit and the overshadowing of the Most High are not on the temple in our Gospel reading. They're on Mary. Mary's womb has become the dwelling place of the living God. In Mary's womb, there's a new temple. And God Himself is dwelling there. God has become the heir to David's throne. Those promises to David, they come true in ways that he never would have imagined. God, Israel chose kings in rebellion against God. And so God decides, well, I'll just have to become one of those kings. So now God has become king again. God has found at last a house. And this house is not made out of canvas tent. It's not a house made out of stone. It's a house made out of human flesh and blood. That's the awe, the wonder of Christmas. In Christmas, we get to see God incarnate. God, the Almighty covered in blood and amniotic fluid. We get to see God Animals nursing from the milk of an unwed teen under the cover of night. Consider it. God was born of Mary. God is Mary's son. Mary is God's mother. She is the true mother of God who brought God into the world. Mary nursed God. She cuddled God. She watched God grow up and fed him because Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. God was in a womb. 
God died. And then God was placed in a tomb. But Mary is also a picture of every baptized believer. You too are highly favored by God. A recipient of the same undeserved kindness and favor. The Holy Spirit came upon you in your baptism. And the power of, the whole, of God was wor- has been working through you through the Word. And it's overshadowed you. And while you don't conceive Christ, nevertheless, Christ takes up residence in you. He dwells in your heart. Paul will say that we are temples of the Holy Spirit. God dwells among us. He dwells, us, um, he dwells among us with His Word and His Supper. But He also dwells in us by faith. We, you brothers and sisters, are heirs to these promises to David. And since God Himself dwells in us, we can never truly be alone. There may be moments of loneliness. There will be. But we are never truly alone. Never. God is with us. That's the gift. The gift of Emmanuel. During the loneliness of this pandemic, during the added loneliness of celebrating Advent and Christmas during a pandemic, maybe we need to hear these words again given to David. And the reminder that God has always been with us. God goes where His people go. No matter what happens, He's with you. You are not alone. Christ dwells in your hearts by faith. God is at work in your life, even through the tough times. Our God dwells with His people. The Lord is with you. God built a house for David. He built a house of flesh and blood in Mary's womb. And He built a house in you by faith. That's the house that God built. Because He is Emmanuel, God with us. May that peace of God which passes all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to The Church Door. Thanks again for tuning in. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, you can reach me, Pastor Matthew Fenn, at revfenn, R-E-V-F-E-N-N, at icloud.com. Look forward to to having you with us again next time.